0: This is Rebecca Fillmore, and I want to welcome you to Her Inspired Mind Podcast. Each week, I will be helping you strengthen your mind, be inspired, encouraged, and empowered. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you aren't yet, follow me on Instagram at inspirehermindset for daily inspiration. Thank you again for tuning in to Her Inspire Mind podcast. I am back again with my dear friend and restorative practices expert, Stephanie Gutierrez. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here again.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I loved everything that we covered in the first segment, which was about how to apply restorative practices in the relationships that we have with our partners right and so today we're going to be talking about how we can use restorative practices in communicating with our kids um as many of you know i have three boys and i have two stepdaughters and a stepson and stephanie how many kids do you have
1: i have two i have my seven-year-old boy and my daughter who's three
0: Yes, awesome. So we have many ranges Um, with our kids. It's from ages four up until 25. And so we know how hard it is to be a parent. And I feel like a lot of times as moms, we we play a lot of roles, right? You have a lot of hats. Yeah. And most of the times, I feel like our kids come and talk to us, right? Yes. So depending on how old they are. Um, I have three boys, you have a little girl as well. And, you know, depending on all of those different factors, things that they've gone through, experience, their individual personalities, all of those factor in onto how we communicate with each of them. So to begin, I want to talk about the importance of communication in the parent-child relationships. So my first question to you is, how can parents effectively communicate the expectations they have to their children?
1: Okay. So for this one, um, I want to talk about the social discipline window again. Um, I want to explain it more clearly so you can understand how you can communicate better with your kids right and so um, there there's four ways of parenting. Um, in this case we're gonna show four ways because we have the social discipline window which have four quadrants in which um, you can fit in depends on how you communicate or parent your kids. And there's this, these two four um, quadrants are four, which is the permissive. So that is the parents that just allow the kids to do anything they want. No consequence at all. They're just like, it's fine. It's good. Free for all. Yeah, let it be. <laughs> and then there's a neglectful one, which is like, I know you're not doing good, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Or I just. I I don't want to deal with that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are the neglectful ones, the punitive ones, those that you know use the the hand discipline or physical discipline. I'm sorry, or just like you're not gonna do this or take stuff away from the from their kids when they don't do what they're supposed to. Okay. And then the with ones, which um which also take in, in when something goes wrong, they take in consideration how the kids feel about what happened. So there's a conversation about it, and the kids is also involved in the consequence. Gotcha. And so um, when we talk about how we can have better communication um, with kids, we need to first know where we at in those quadrants, right, for us to be able to move forward and how we're going to react or communicate with our kids. Um and like I said before in the first episode, is the same with this one. You want to make sure that you are in the with box because you want to know what is your kid's feeling, how he feel about the situation, and and let it be him. Let, let the children be the responsible for what happens. Um, to give you an example with my child. Dwight um I always say that he's 21 inside Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and with him I have to be very clear like I cannot try to have like a little child conversation with him or persuade persuade him in any way because he is smart enough to get that and so I have to be very clear and he's always involved on my decisions too like I don't tell Dwight to be quiet when I'm um, saying something to him for me is very important that he also communicate how he feels. So he,
0: yeah,
1: he's a bad talker. Mm-hmm. He's gonna express how he feel all the time. Not too much people like that, but I do. For me, it's important to know what what is in his mind, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And and for for that reason, it is important for you to know where you are in the ca- in the quadrant and and also be aware of you and and how you feel when. When you have in that, com- that conversation or, or communication with your kids.
0: Gotcha. So you said the four, can you repeat the four?
1: It's the permissive,
0: mm-hmm. the neglectful, the punitive, and the with. So as you're listening to this, think about where you feel that you fit in the categories. So once someone reflects to see where they are in the categories, which one do you feel is the healthiest?
1: The with is the, width. the healthiest one. You
0: want to try
1: to be there all the time, right? Um, obviously we cannot do that with the kids, <laughs> um, um, all the time because there's stuff that cannot be negotiated, like taking a shower. If your kid doesn't want to take a shower, you can, you have to be like, "Hey, this is a non-negotiable." Yeah. Now you can um. Have a better process for him to take a uh, that shower, with him being more happy about that. But it's unnegotiable. It's a it's a punitive uh, way of like, no, you need to take yeah. a, a shower. Um, my do I have a dirt bike? He wants to drive that dirt bike on the streets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he cannot do that, and there's no way of me saying yes to that, right?
0: Yeah.
1: But we can maybe. Look for some places. Look for another option so he can be happy on driving. Also, his bike. You
0: know. So basically, it's just looking, having open communication and not saying I'm the parent, you're the child. This is how it is. Um, if they do try to express themselves, shutting them down, not allowing them to express themselves, like that is not the way. And I agree. I feel like that has helped me to have a better relationship. Um, my oldest son, he's 19 now and those teenage years, I know you haven't gotten there yet, but, um, I think around the time he was like 15 or 16, it was really, really hard, you know, going through different things, testing his limits and, you know, just different things that we went through and challenges. And, I remember there was a time where he told me that he felt like I wasn't listening to him, that I wasn't hearing him or that I was just reacting instead of listening. And you know what? I was like, okay, I can see why you feel that way. And a few months ago we had a beautiful encounter where we sat down and because I was able to like we talked about in the first episode, not taking things personal, but understanding where that person's mind is, what the story in their mind is. And I was able to give him the space where he opened up and told me like, this is how I've been feeling um, in regards to you and, and, you know, just different things. And You know, he was like really upset and I was able to just sit there without any reaction, but just being fully present with him. And now the other day, you know, he started working with my husband with our HVAC business and he calls me. He's like, hey, mom, what are you doing? You know, and i was like, oh, I'm working. He's like, you want to go to lunch with me? And he ended up bringing the lunch here. And then we ended up getting into a really, really good conversation. And he was like, Thank you for that conversation, mom. Like, I needed that. So, you know, even if someone is currently not having the best relationship with their kids, like, we're able to grow and we're by reflecting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what are you trying to prove when you don't let your kids talk or express themselves? What positive can happen by putting the boys uh the voice um down like by showing their voice there's yeah. nothing positive that can come from that um I think it is important for them to talk and express how they feel if they don't I will be worried if they don't yeah. right? I don't want the kids by any chance to feel that the the voice their voice doesn't matter yeah. because it matter
0: yeah because then if they can't talk to us as their parents they're gonna go to their friends or to people that might not give them the best advice, you know? And I, I love that you say that because I think sometimes it's generational things, right? The way that people discipline their, their children, like back in the day, you're <laughs> like that butt whooping and you just do what I say, but it's up to us. Because um, definitely the way that I discipline my kids is very different than the way my parents discipline me. I don't know if it's the same for you. It is way <laughs>
1: different too. Why <I> can't, girl? <laughs> me saying something back was not an option. Yeah, and and I didn't like that because mm-hmm. it was I I had a lot that I wanted to say at some point and I didn't. I yeah. didn't, and it doesn't it doesn't feel good. No, and so why I'm gonna make my kids go through that of like staying quiet, having them so much to say to me? So I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's healthy. Yeah.
0: And no, it definitely affects your mental health because I I used to feel that way at times with my parents. I love them; they've always been there for me. Um, yeah, me too. Very supportive, but you know, it's it's they didn't know the what they didn't know, um, and they were just doing their best at parenting. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's what people don't realize when we go through traumas in childhood with our parents is like, I bit. I know this is a little bit off the bunny trail, but. If someone needs to hear this, is like a way to be able to forgive your parents is knowing that they did the best they could with what they had at that time. But then it's up to us to continue to parent the way our parents parented us or reparent ourselves even so we can heal those wounds of not feeling seen or heard and then doing different with our kids. Yeah,
1: and something that I will say is that... um even if you have the best intention, like I can give you all the tools on restorative practices and how to use that with your kids, but you need to apply, apply those tools with you first. Yes. Because you need to know where you are as a human being, as a parent, you need to be very aware of your feeling, of your triggers, of everything in order to have that relationship that
0: you want with your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, yeah, our, our relationship with ourselves, um, as I talk about in the first episode is so detrimental, and will dictate how our relationship with everyone else is. Yeah. And our, and the relationship we have with our kids, you know, is one of the more important ones, because we're the ones who mold their minds, and into the person that they're going to become, you know, and yeah, that's why it's so important to be talking about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let me look at my next question. Thank you for that. Um, let's say there's parents that are going through it right now with their kids. Like their kids are sneaking out of the house, they're doing drugs, having sex. You know, all of these different things. And a parent is like, I don't know what to do with my child. Like, they're rebelling. They're going all out. Um, Can you share some tips for parents that are navigating these challenging times and how they can have these difficult conversations to better their relationship with their kids?
1: The first thing that needs to happen is to accept that it's happening. Mm. Um, and, and not only accepting that, but also not judging yourself because it's happening. Yeah. Because as a parent, you always want to do your best, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you want to reflect, you know, in moments where, okay, this happened, this might affect, but don't don't assume that it happened because something that you did, um, Mm -hmm. accept that it's happening and then listen to your to your kid or to your child, why is happening?
0: Yeah, without
1: assuming, right? Um, listening will be the major factor in how that will be addressed. Um, because parents, obviously, that is something that you don't want to go with. You don't want you don't want to go through that with your kids, right? But it's happening, and once you accept it, the rest is about how are we going to move from here right yeah and so then you can meet with your with your child ask questions and i know sometimes can be very hard um conversation and and you need to prepare yourself for that hard conversation and and not only you but the other person needs to be prepared for it right and so if you're going through that situation accept it Have that hard conversation, but before that, prepare yourself and let the other person prepare for that to have that conversation too. Yeah. Be open, listen, and after listen, just reflect. Don't don't go like right after that. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do now. Reflect on that conversation. Let that give that person the space, and also reflect on that conversation that is having with their parent, right? And then. Go from there. Yeah. But listening is the big part of it, too.
0: Yeah. And I think that's key. Like, we're, yes, we're the parent, right? And let's say our kids are rebelling, they're yelling, they're acting up. I have a toddler. He's four, you know, the things I go through with him. (laughs) And recently he's been having so many tantrums where he's just screaming his head off and, you know, just. Mm doing the most at times and it can be very exhausting and overwhelming and challenging but what i've noticed is by me keeping an even tone and demeanor and not matching his yelling and his tantrum right because it's hard you know to, to maintain that stability and staying grounded right but i am then teaching my son how how to react right so I can't tell him don't yell but then I'm gonna come yell at him don't hit your brothers but then I'm flipping out on him and like I said it's not easy (laughs) this is me doing working on myself every day and doing the meditation and the breath work and the affirmations which are so key because that helps me to become a better mom and I noticed the days that I don't, for whatever reason, maybe I woke up later than I wanted to and I didn't have time, it's harder for me to stay grounded when he is acting that way. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's the key. That That is one of the key, to to
1: stay calm. Because as an adult, if we think about when we are upset mm-hmm. and we have someone else upset because we are upset, I get more upset. Like, let me be like... I'm not gonna yeah. be like this in five minutes. Just yeah. just let me be. The, let me, yeah, give me the space. Um and then once we like are calm, you can continue and be good the rest yeah. of the day, right? Um and it's the same with the kids. Like let them be. He's upset. Just let him be. Um you can find like you can have conversations with your kid about like what to do when it's very upset. I do have those conversations with Twai all the time. Yeah. And he asked for like I bought a squish ball for him. Mm-hmm. And he knows that when he is upset, he needs to go and get that um squish ball. Yeah. Um and sometimes it's just like screaming and I get oh my God. I, it's get... Easy. <laughs> it's, I get it's
0: sick. not easy. It's yeah. not
1: it's not. Um but I always ask him like you better with or you better go to your room show yourself and then go out like it's it's like you need to find ways to yeah, to, to, cope. to cope with your emotions um, yeah. And the, and you can definitely have the, those conversations like it doesn't need to be an adult to have those conversations and you can get very surprised
0: with your kids
1: when you decide to have those kind of conversations
0: yeah it's like i think as parents sometimes we could forget that kids are human beings and a lot of times kids are expected to be perfect. They're not allowed to have bad days. They're not allowed to have emotions. They're not allowed to cry or get angry. But then you have adults that feel all of those emotions um, and those are just unrealistic expectations for children. Like they need to feel, right? Because then you have adults that are depressed because they suppressed depression comes from repressing and holding on to those emotions from childhood they have anxiety be or they don't know how to talk and express their feelings as adults because as children they were told to just shut up sit down and you just do what I say so what we're trying to do here me and my friend Steph are trying to equip you guys with the tools because we're on a mission to help change the trajectory of future adults starting with our own right and so if we want to change the world we change it one child at a time and it starts at home with our own children yeah
1: yeah and this is something that anyone can do first and like i said first figure out where you're at yeah figure out your triggers because that is very that is you project that in your kids Um, and so
0: start with you.
1: And after that, the
0: rest is easy. Yeah. Like if you need to go to therapy, go to therapy, you know, don't bleed your childhood wounds on your children. Yeah. Heal so that you can be the best mom, the best dad, the best parent that you can be. So then you're not continuing to. Spill the trajectory of unhealed wounds, generation after generation after generation. Yeah. Especially if you're listening to this, you have no excuse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's no more excuses. Yeah, and and there's people like,
1: oh, but that behavior and that behavior, like, yeah. And as a parent, make sure that that when you are having conversation with your kids and when you don't like something that happened, address that. The behavior, not the kid as a human being, right? You addressing what happened, you're not judging your kids. Don't make them feel that they did, uh, well, this is some. you're not doing this right, this is wrong, da-da-da. Yes, what happened
0: was not okay, but it's what happened,
1: not the kid as a human being. So address behavior.
0: Yes, so... Um, I love that you say that because a lot of times people are like, that kid is so bad.
1: Yeah.
0: You're a bad kid.
1: Yeah. And nope.
0: we remember we're speaking life or death over our kids. So I love that you brought that up because it's like the action that you did was a wrong decision or, you know, that was not the best idea. Um, Not that you messed up. And because that's con, that's then condemning, and that is degrading, and it messes their ego. And then if you're saying you're a bad kid, what is that kid gonna think for the rest of his life? Right. I'm a bad kid. I'll never be good enough.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, you know, I'm gonna end up in jail just like my family members, or I'm gonna end up being a nobody or a deadbeat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and I that is something I don't I don't allow no one. To say anything to Dwight that is not positive, like, about him. Yeah. Never. I don't say (laughs) it to him. You're not going to say it. Yes. Um, For me, it's very, like, if you are, you if you need to address him because something that he did, you need to address what he did. Yeah. Not him as a person.
0: Yes. I love that you brought that up because this can apply in so many different ways. It's not, like, it's separating the behavior from the person, like, we are not our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Cause we've made a lot of mistakes and we're gonna continue to make mistakes in life. But when you put the label on that person, um you did this versus you are this, it's a game changer. Yeah. Cause then it's like we're identifying them as their mistake, but we aren't our mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I I love that because I think that's something that's not spoken about very often. So um, to wrap up here, could you um, give some strategies for how parents can create an environment where children do feel comfortable sharing their thoughts and their feelings? I think um, circles,
1: like, one of the major components of restorative practices are circles. And um, I think having a culture of circles at home can be very beneficial to have, to increase communication, safe and trust at home. Mm. Um, because you're creating a space with, where everyone can speak. And, and about their emotion and it's not going to be judged about that right and so I don't know having two three circle, circles per week or maybe when you're eating have that moment to have a conversation I think it's, it's, it's a good start to create a safe and a trust environment at home or wherever you are um, with your family um, because it allows everyone to have the same voice and no one feels like I'm more than you or you are more than me. Yeah. Um, it it creates the same space for everyone to yeah. feel safe
0: and so, be heard. So like having like weekly huddles, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: weekly huddles with you. Yeah.
0: We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about, you know, how how do you think I did this week or um how can I show up better? You yeah. know, I love that. Um, my family and I, we used to do, where every night we would say thing three things we were thankful for, for each person, and we would go around in a circle. Um, and then recently, my husband and I were talking about, like, we need to start again, like, every Sunday, sit down. Hey, how, how how are you feeling? Like, simple like that. Like, sometimes with the hustle and bustle of rushing in and out of the house, even with our kids, by the time we, they get home from school, we cook dinner, it's bedtime so, we don't get to talk. So, being intentional about scheduling a day of the week where you can sit down and have a huddle, I think. Yeah. yeah, and
1: communicate that, too. Mm-hmm. Explain
0: why you want to do that. Yeah. And and, and,
1: and mm-hmm. when you're planning to start. And ask for insights from the kids. Like, so, this is what I'm planning to start doing every Sunday. I want to do this. But I want to know how you feel about that. Yeah. Is there anything that I need to be, that it need to be included in that, um new ritual that we're going to have at home so make them feel part
0: of that process too yeah i think what came to my mind as you were saying that too is that this builds confidence in kids when kids feel seen and heard by their parents and they feel like they're part of the discussion there's something about that that just builds their confidence <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah yeah
1: yeah I, 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 what Dwight i is I go to a restaurant with Dwight, Dwight looked the menu. He asked me, What mommy, what's this, what's this? I explained to him. When the waitress comes, he's ready to order. And he's gonna order what like I know what I'm ordering, right? right? And then at the end he we always talk about how it was and everything. The food and all that. And he's able to explain to me everything, test or the flavor, like all all of that. Because it's always like Speak in and communicate everything. Yeah, I think I I think I build that confidence on him too.
0: Yeah, he's very he's
1: not shy at all.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, and and that's the thing. Like when we think about like kids that get bullied in school, a lot of times we already know that bullies bully because they feel insecure and they want to make other people feel insecure. So it can it can go two ways. We can help to create children who are more loving, and can be a light in the world, and not become bullies. Or if people try to bring them down and try to speak negativity over them, it won't affect them because they already know who they are. Because we've built that confidence and that trust in them, and and where we've already uplifted them to know who they truly are, and not allowing the world to identify. Or put labels on them of who they are or who they think that they should be.
1: Yeah. That is a conversation that I always have with my son too. So I want him to be confident in in who he is. And I don't want no one, you know. And unfortunately, it happens. And you're not with them all the time. So it's up to you to create that confidence on them.
0: Yeah. It's up to us. It's up to us, parents. Yeah. So thank you, Stephanie. Is there anything else you would like to add?
1: no 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 i mean i have i don't know when this is going to be released but i have my second book about circles that is it can be very useful for all these um topics that we are covering in this series so
0: stay tuned well i'll be sure to add the link so that they can check it out and get it um in the description so if you are listening to this um Check this, the description if you would like to um, check Stephanie's book out. And um, yeah, I thank you guys for tuning in. Please leave us ratings and reviews. Give us the feedback. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, you can email me at inspireherwithin at gmail.com. And if there's other topics later on down the road that you would love for us to discuss, please let us know. Um Please share this episode with someone you feel could benefit from it. And also share it on your Instagram stories, share it on your Facebook, tag your friends, your family. You know, we're just trying to help this world become a better place, beginning in our homes. It starts with us. It starts with you. Yeah. Right. So be intentional. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you don't yet, give me a follow on Instagram at Inspire Her Mindset, and also connect with me on Facebook at Rebecca Fillmore. And I'm also on LinkedIn at Rebecca Fillmore. I appreciate you guys and I'll talk to you guys on the next episode.